This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshall's. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Make sure you download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. Just find that purple podcast button, for example, on your Apple smartphone. Tap it, hit search, type in ML Sports Platter, hit subscribe, and you will get new and archived episodes of the show delivered right to your mobile device. Past guests include Keller Ripken Jr., Adrian Wojnarowski, Bob Costas, and many, many more. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual New York State, and our great friends over at Welch & Company Jewelers. Log on to welchjewelers.com today for the best jewelry around. And uh, a huge thank you as well to the Vince Aguera Consulting Group and Axe Exotic Pets here on the program. Well, it's a treat to bring them in. We are literally knocking on the door to NFL training camps right now. He covers the New York Jets and the National Football League for his terrific platform. It's called Play Like a Jet. You can get him on Twitter at Play Like a Jet, the number one. He's the host and producer of the daily Play Like a Jet podcast, co-founder of playlikeajet.com. And uh, make sure you go download and subscribe to that show uh, where podcasts are available as well. It's my man, Scott Mason. What's up, bud? How are you? Welcome in. Hey, Mike. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm great. I am well, and we are here, and football is coming. So we're obviously all on cloud nine with that. What are your training camp expectations for the New York Jets? My training camp expectations, or I guess I should say my hopes, mostly surround hearing that the younger players are playing well. I want to hear when we do our daily episodes on training camp from Chris Nimbley, who covers the Jets for Jets Insider and comes on the show every day. I want to hear him telling me that Zach Wilson looked good. I want to hear him telling me that Elijah Moore, who was the star of OTAs and minicamp, continued to look good. I want to hear that Mekhi Becton is taking part in practice because that was one thing that became an issue in OTAs and minicamp. I want to hear that Elijah Garrett Tucker, who is the other first-round pick this year, was looking sharp, Denzel Mims. I want to hear that the young guys that they've been picking over the last two years that are going to be the key pieces of this rebuild, if it's going to be successful, I want to hear that those guys are shining on a day-in, day-out basis. And if I hear that, I'll be very pleased. What do you think here about the uh, the quarterback position? You know, Zach Wilson's there. Um, huge expectations, obviously. Um, give, me, give me what you like about this kid, Scott. 
Uh, I'm a huge Zach Wilson fan, and Mike, as you know well, I dug in on all the quarterback prospects very deep. I did this in 2018 as well. I think what makes Zach Wilson an interesting and different kind of quarterback is that we all know what he can do on tape. You turn the tape, you see some tight window throws, you see the throws on the run, you see the arm, you see the athleticism. But when you dig in on Zach Wilson, the person, what you find out is that his work ethic and his ability to read defenses and learn and recall is just next level. And that's one thing that we didn't hear about the other guys that the Jets picked over the last few years to potentially be the savior quarterback. Mark Sanchez, a lot of the criticism was that he might not be ready. He wasn't fully ensconced in reading defenses. And that became prophetic because there's that story, Gerard Mayo, who was on the Patriots for a long time, the linebacker told about how even years into Sanchez's career, the Patriots would yell out stuff at the line of scrimmage on defense to try and confuse Sanchez because he couldn't recognize protections and Nick Mangold had to call them out. So he never really learned how to read the defenses, neither did Geno Smith. And Sam Darnold had a lot of trouble as well. We'll see if that corrects itself in any way now that he's in Carolina. But with Wilson, he's a film junkie. He's constantly picking up things from from checking out film and learning as he goes along. And when he was at BYU, he used to more or less write the game plan together with the offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick. So that level of preparation, that level of cerebral and work ethic, combined with the physical ability, I think is what makes Zach Wilson the most hopeful quarterback prospect that the Jets have had throughout this stretch. And, of course, we say this every time, but I think it may be different this time. And also, Sanchez had an excellent supporting cast, so he's different. But Geno and Sam Darnold didn't have much of a supporting cast. With Zach Wilson coming in here, much better supporting cast than those guys. A lot of young players who look like they could be on the ascent. So I like all of that about Zach Wilson, and I think he has a chance to be a really, really good quarterback. What what draft pick do you think the Jets really struck on outside of Wilson? It's funny you ask that question. I think there's a couple of different ways I could go with that. If we're talking late-round bargains, the one I really love is Hamza Nasraldine, who is a safety linebacker hybrid out of Florida State. They got him in the sixth round. That's a guy who could have very easily gone in the first or second round if he hadn't had a major injury at the end of not last year, but the year before that. He tore his ACL, and then this past year, he only played in two games. But before tearing the ACL, he was an absolute monster. He was one of the best players in the ACC, and a lot of people felt that he was destined to be a top pick on day one or day two, and then that injury happened. And from everybody I've talked to, again, what you hear is not only position flexibility at linebacker and safety, but also just a high-quality kid, somebody who is incredible in terms of work ethic and preparation and picking up what opposing offenses are doing. The, the uh, I guess you would say, progression he made from his first season and second season to the third season, where he went from being a guy who was excellent against the run and okay against the pass to being elite against both, was just huge. 
And the other one that I love, even though it's not as much of a quote-unquote bargain pick, is Elijah Moore, who was picked number 34 in the second round. Easily could have gone first round. I'll be honest, Mike, when I watched this tape before the draft, I liked him, but I didn't really dig in on him because there's only so much attention you can pay to specific prospects before the draft, especially when you really have to dedicate so much of your time to the quarterback position. But Mark Ross, who you and I have both had, have both had on our shows, who used to be in the Giants front office for a really long time, loved Elijah Moore. And so when the Jets picked him, I sat down and really took a look at him. And, man, this kid is unbelievable. His route running is elite. His speed is top-notch. His hands are excellent. He can do pretty much everything. And if he was a couple inches taller, he probably would have been a top 10 or 15 pick. So I think he has a chance in his work ethics off the charts, too, to be a, a number one receiver down the line. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year or maybe not even next year, but I think he can be an immediate contributor and then eventually grow into a potential number one wide receiver role. I, I think he has that in him. There, there's a lot of Stefan Diggs with his route running, and he has that elite speed and hands to go with it, which is just a very rare combination because, Mike, as you know, usually you'll have a guy that has one elite separation tool. With Antonio Brown, it's his route running. With, say, Deshaun Jackson, it's his speed. But Elijah Moore has three elite separation traits, and so if he doesn't get himself hurt, which, knock on wood, he hasn't had any injury history I think he can be a really special talent for the Jets going forward and a huge help to Zach Wilson. How do you see the AFC East playing out in 2021? I think the Jets are going to finish last. And when I say that, a lot of Jets fans get upset about that. But I'm just saying that you've got to remember, this is a team that won two games last year, and they've got a rookie quarterback and a lot of fresh young faces that are going to take some time to gel that are going to take some time to really come into their own. And you've got a Buffalo team that's much more established. We saw Josh Allen put together an MVP caliber season. I already talked about Stephon Diggs, who is one of the best receivers in the NFL right now. They've got an offensive line that had its struggles at times, but still is much more established than the Jets. And a defense that has some real playmakers like Tredavious White, who is one of the best in the league. And you look at the Patriots, look, I think – They went on a shopping spree, and I'm not super sold on them being a major contender this year, but they do still have, I think, an overall better roster than the Jets, and they have a proven coaching staff, which is something that people forget. Belichick is obviously the greatest coach of all time. McDermott has shown himself to be a really good coach. And then you've got what Brian Flores is building there with with Chris Greer in Miami, and they've got a nice roster as well. We'll see what they do with Xavier Howard. There's rumors they may trade him, which I personally think would be a mistake for them, but I'm hope that's exactly why I'm hoping they do it, because I think he's one of the best corners in the league. But we'll see what Tua does. But that roster overall has really started to take shape, and Flores looks like he could be the real deal. He's not quite as far along as Sean McDermott is as a coach. But I think when you look at what the Jets have, they have so little in terms of proven talent, proven coaching, a lot of hope, but not a lot of proof. And so for me, I think right now you have to say the Bills will be number one. The Dolphins are probably going to be in a fight with the Patriots for number two. And the Jets will probably be uh, number four. But I do think that the Jets should be significantly improved, and I think they're going to be a lot more fun to watch this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, sustainability-wise with the Bills, 
um, you know, A, do you think they have it? And B, are you kind of with me in the sense that this immediate year coming up, all these expectations, the bullseye in the AFC Championship game last year, Josh Allen, the pressure, uh, it's be a different deal, man. These guys going on the road now, and it'll be different for everybody, I understand, because it's non uh, you know, 2020 with, with no fans for the most part. Uh, but, you know, handling those road crowds and, 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 and putting up those numbers and winning a bunch of games against really good teams. And, and then from, you know, from there, the sustainability of this team. How about those things for Buffalo? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting year for Buffalo, Mike. As you know, and, and I'll take the L on this as of now, I was not a believer in Josh Allen at all, not even a little. And he exceeded all expectations and then some, I think, by anybody's reasonable metrics, especially somebody like me who is a critic of him, I think this will be a very interesting year for him because everybody's counting him as a top five, top ten quarterback now, but I want to see him repeat what he did last year. The two years before that, he was below average. This past year, he obviously had an excellent season, but if he can do it again this year, then the sustainability really starts to come into play because we know what Stefan Diggs can do. There's no mystery there. We knew how good he was in Minnesota, but seeing him in Buffalo, he's taken it up a whole yeah. extra notch. So between him and and that offensive line, now again, the offensive line had some issues with certain spots, but I think overall they should be okay. The defense is interesting, though, because I don't know that they're a powerhouse. They should be good enough, but I think a lot of the sustainability comes back to what we see out of Josh Allen and that offense. Because if we can see anything close to what they did last year, then this team is going to, I think, win the division by a comfortable margin and be right there in the mix, in the playoffs. You still would have to say that the Chiefs are the team to beat, obviously. But beyond the Chiefs, I think the Bills are right there with anybody else. The Browns and the Steelers and the Ravens and so on and so forth. So, I think Allen is the key to this. If he and that offense can do anything close to what they did last year, then they're going to be a force to be reckoned with again. Scott Mason with us here. He is a Jets and NFL insider. You can go get his podcast, of course. It's uh, Play Like a Jet and Play Like a Jet, uh, uh, the number one on Twitter, the handle at Play Like a Jet, the number one, the host and producer of the daily Play Like a Jet podcast with us here on the ML Sports Platter. Um the Jets hire really for what we know is more of a defensive head coach. Um, I worried in the beginning about Sean McDermott with, you know, when the Bills hired him because I said, well, you know, is he going to let his offensive people do offensive things? In the beginning, it wasn't the case. And we saw him bench Gerard Taylor for Nathan Peterman. <laughs> and, we, and so he, he made conservative decisions and timeouts and game management and all that sort of thing. I need to beat you 13 to 10 as opposed to now the Bills finally have woken up and now they're in the NFL world of air attacks, quarterback, wide receivers, spreading it out and just let's go. Are you concerned at all about the defensive background of Robert Sala? Not really. And the reason is because I've dug in on him. I've asked around about him. I've read a lot about him and I've watched and listened to interviews with him. And in the past, I would have had the similar concern that you had because, Mike, before Adam Gase, the Jets had had all guys with defense pedigrees up until the last one would have been Rich Kotite was the last one that they had with an offense pedigree, and we know how well that worked out. But if you look at 
Parcells, Al Groh, Herm Edwards, Eric Mangini, Rex Ryan, Todd Bowles. These are all guys that came from defensive pedigrees. And with the exception of Parcells, I think you could argue that they leaned a little too heavy into the defensive side of things when you wanted to see somebody that could be the head coach of the entire team. And I think the trend for a while was everybody was looking for that next Sean McVay, the young offensive up-and-comer who is the quarterback whisperer, and that's where the league was going. And I think that's what the Jets thought they were getting in Adam Gase, which made me laugh at the time because I had no idea why you would think that. But ultimately, I think what Adam Gase and a lot of these guys that are having trouble are teaching teams, and that I think the Jets learn from the mistake of the past, is you don't need a guy who is an offensive guru. You don't need a guy who is a defensive guru. What you need is a guy who understands that his role is to be, and I hate this term because it's getting overused, but I'm going to say it anyway, CEO of the on-field product. And what a bunch of things that I've heard Robert Salas say have been very positive in that regard. For example... I was watching an interview he did at a coaching symposium before he became head coach. And what he was saying is he doesn't need get 32 Robert Salas on his coaching staff because he already brings to the table something that other people don't bring. What he needs is the stuff that he doesn't bring. He needs a guy or guys, I should say, on his staff that complete him, I think was the exact phrase that he said. He needs guys that can see things and do things that he can't do. And I thought that was very encouraging. I also liked the fact that he went out and brought in Jeff Ulbricht to run the defense. What I was concerned about, and you see this a lot with defensive coordinators, is they'll bring, uh, defensive coordinators who become head coaches, I should say, is they will bring in somebody who's their friend or their lackey, and then they are the one that actually calls the plays and runs the defense. And the guy that is the defensive coordinator in name is really just holding the clipboard, right? Well, that's not the case. Ulbricht's going to be calling the plays. And Ulbricht is somebody who knows the defense well that Salah likes. So Salah obviously had in mind the type of defense he wanted, but he's going to let Jeff Ulbricht do his thing. And he's going to let Mike LaFleur do his thing on the offensive side of the ball. And he's going to focus on being the CEO of the on-field product, being the head coach. And that's something that, to me, is incredibly important. And I think that's probably a big part of what sold Joe Douglas on Robert Sala. Because remember, Joe Douglas did not know Robert Sala. He had never met the guy. And that's another thing I like about the hire, really. You you often hear about such-and-such GM is here. He's bringing in his guy that he knew from such-and-such spot that he used to work. That's not how it played out. And I think... When you factor that in and you understand that Salas surrounded himself with guys that he didn't necessarily work with as closely as others, that these are guys that just understand what he wants to do on the field and that he's un- that he understands that he can let those guys do their jobs while he oversees everything and takes care of the big picture, that to me puts aside a lot of the worries that I would have otherwise had about him being a defensive guy and focusing too much on that. All right, final question Final question for you here, Scott. Um, when do you think, you know, you look at the trajectory, you look at the 
you got the quarter. You hope you get the quarterback, right? If you're a Jet fan, you're hoping to build, get some wins this year, maybe development and some production. The year after, even more. Can you dang? Can you can you contend for that playoff spot in 2022? Is it 2023? What is ultimately the the trajectory here for for this franchise? When do they finally get back to the playoffs? Uh, what are the levels of of success here and improving? I mean, how how does it go from here, Scott? I think if you're being realistic, Mike, you kind of want to take a step back and look at what they have and look at where they could go. So right now, as you said, you've got the rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. You know that he's going to have his struggles at times. Every once in a while... You get a guy who is a hope diamond, right? Somebody who just is a complete miraculous player that comes in as a rookie and is a stud immediately. Justin Herbert was that guy last year. But generally, even the good quarterbacks are going to have their moments of struggle. So you factor that in. You factor in that a guy like Denzel Mims is going into his second year, that Elijah Moore is a rookie, Elijah Garrett Tucker is a rookie, Makai Beckton going into his second year. You factor in Quinn and Williams, who looks like he's poised last year. He, he broke out in a, in a way. This year it looks like he could be poised for even more than that. And you look at other young pieces on that defense, some of the guys that they added, like Carl Lawson. I think this is the building block here. This is the year where you want to see the young players step up and some of the guys that they spent a few bucks on help those guys along, guys like Corey Davis, right? And, and you want a team that's competitive week to week, and from my selfish perspective, fun to watch. Because there's nothing more demoralizing, and this has gone on for the last few years with the Jets, than having a team that you're going to watch every Sunday and knowing that there's a strong possibility that not only is this team going to lose, mm. but you are going to regret the three-plus hours that you spent on that Sunday that you could have been doing a whole bunch of other things because <laughs> the game itself was so dreadful to watch. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is what this year is about. I think next year and the year after that is where you really try to make your mark, and I think that's really what the Bills did. So I think in a, way, in a lot of ways, the Jets are probably, if everything goes well, on that Bills path where year one is the – Let's see what we got here. Let's get the pieces in place. Let's develop some of these guys. Year two is maybe make a playoff run. And then year three would be make a push beyond that. That's if everything goes well. Because, Mike, as you know, we've seen this many times with our respective teams. What the plans are on paper and what happens in reality don't often match up. But I think if you're being reasonable, I think that is where you would come down. You think this year is... You know, Vegas has them at 6.5 wins for a reason as the over-under. I think somewhere in that range is fair. And then after that is where you start to build your expectations. But I think the main thing that you're looking for as a Jets fan this year is, is Zach Wilson looking like the real deal? And are the pieces that Joe Douglas put in place around him looking like they could be the supporting cast that he needs going forward? And do Robert Sala and his coaching staff appear to understand what they need to do and seem to be the real deal as a staff that could be here for a long time and help this team and the players succeed? So I think 
that's my expectation this year. It's just, what do they have? And then the year after and the year after that is where you would look to make your mark. Well, and Scott, you know, I mean, it's a copycat league. They have their they have uh-huh. the, they have their short term copycat model in their own division, Buffalo. Yeah, absolutely. And the and the Dolphins are are doing something similar. Yep. Now, the question is going to be whether or not Tua Tagovailoa is going to be the guy at quarterback. But the Dolphins are very much doing the same thing that the Bills are doing too. So, like you said, everybody is trying to learn from those around them and. The big question is going to be, we know that the Bills put together a solid staff for coaching and and a decision-maker in the front office with Brandon Bean and a quarterback in Allen and pieces around Allen that bore fruit. Is Joe Douglas' plan going to work beyond paper? Because everybody's really excited right now about what Douglas is putting together, but these guys have to go out there and play well. And everybody's excited about Robert Sala and his staff, but they've got to go out there and show that they know what they're doing. And everybody's pumped about Zach Wilson, but he's got to go out there and produce results. So that's really where this comes down. The Dolphins are a step ahead of the Jets. We'll see if Tua ends up taking them into where the Bills went in their second season with Allen. And the Bills are the most established group. And now the Jets are trying to follow in that same mold, and we'll see if they can do it, because on paper, the plan looks good, Mm. but on paper and in reality are two very different things. They sure are. Uh, Scott, in closing, why don't you just kind of throw out some things to promote on your end with Play Like a Jet and that platform, Uh, you know, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, who you've had on. I know you've been doing some film breakdowns lately. Just uh, plug whatever you want to here, pal. Yeah, absolutely, Mike, and I appreciate you having me on as always. I'm looking forward to having you on the show when the Bills and Jets tangle this year. Uh, We're doing still daily podcasts, if you can believe it, even during the down period. We were doing some film reviews. We were doing some off-season reviews. But now we're getting into training camp. And so we're going to be doing daily training camp, long-form podcast reports with Chris Nimbley of Mm JetsInsider.com. We'll be answering training camp questions on the off-days too. So that'll be fun. And then... On our YouTube channel, we have a live show that we do in conjunction with U Stadium every Wednesday night called Play Like a Jet Live. That's with our man, the Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, who's an Australian, and Clayton Smartlock. And then we've been putting up a ton of videos. Luke Grant has just absolutely been killing it with the film breakdowns. He did one of Becton, Marcus May, Quentin Williams, Morgan Moses, who's the offensive lineman that the Jets just signed, who had been... Uh, crazy! It was a huge shock that he was released by the Washington football team a couple of weeks before the Jets grabbed him. So that's a big addition there. And so we've got film reviews. Kayla Pace has been doing her commentaries called Pace's Playbook. They're up there too. So if you haven't subscribed yet, we're slowly building that channel. Go ahead and subscribe there. You can subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. And then also you can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1 is where you can find me. And, Mike, again, really appreciate you having me on. You know I love talking to you, and I can't wait to have more of these conversations. Hopefully, we're both pleased with how our teams are doing this year. I know that things have really been looking up for the Bills, and I I would really like to see that happen for the Jets as well. Host and producer of the Daily Play Like a Jet podcast, playlikeajet.com, and you heard him say it, at playlikeajet, the number one. Give him a follow on Twitter as well, Scott Mason. Scott, you're the best, man. Talk soon. Absolutely.
Absolutely, Mike. Thank you so much. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by the Al and Angus Pub. Go ahead and visit alanangaspub.com. If you're in and around central New York, man, there's a lot of people home visiting family and friends during the summertime. Stop by for the best darn Angus burger in town. They've got unbelievable sides. Their French onion soup is to die for as well. they got great beers on tap in the bottle and, of course, in the can as well. The Allen Angus Pub, online again at alanangaspub.com. Follow them on uh, Facebook and like that page and check out everything they have to offer. The wraps are killer. The salads are killer. They throw out some desserts here and there. And hey, if you're looking to have your business lunch catered, Allen Angus Pub can do that for you as well. The Allen Angus Pub is the official pub of the ML Sports Platter. Monster Monster thanks as well to Stanley Law Offices, Axe Exotic Pets, Ken's Auto Detailing, and our good buddy Matt Graham at State Farm. Get a free rate quote today from Matt Graham. Auto Home Life Bank Health and Business. Matt Graham, SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com in the great state of New York. Go ahead and get a free rate quote no matter where you are. And, of course, Matt Graham and State Farm helping you out with the recent rate drops as well. So make sure you ask Matt about that. SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. Matt Graham of State Farm, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Thanks again to Scott Mason. I'm Mike Lindsley. Hit me on Twitter, at MikeLSports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. How many steps do you take before you have foot pain? Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store, and the truth is, the battle between our feet and the concrete or asphalt usually winds up with our feet losing. Studies show that about 75% of people will experience some kind of foot pain by middle age. I found that out a number of years ago with plantar fasciitis, and I tried to remedy it with shoes and drugstore cushions that didn't work. Finally, I went to the Good Feet Store, was personally fitted for arch supports, and I love them so much, I bought the store. Without a plan to protect and support your feet, it is likely you could one day be one of the millions living with chronic foot pain. Don't wait until pain demands that you visit us. Stop by the Good Feet store today and let one of our trained arch support specialists fit you with your personal system of arch supports. The Good Feet store is located in Fairfax, Leesburg, Rockville, Baltimore and Hunt Valley, and in Annapolis in the Annapolis Harbor Center. For more information, go to goodfeet.com. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.